Hey, it's JD here, and we are back with another episode uh, in our Talking With series. So far, we've talked with 50 Mission, Trevor Stickman, uh, Paul Langlois, Gord Sinclair, and today we are really thrilled to be joined by the president and CEO of the Downey Wenjack Fund, which we are supporting with our event tonight, if you are listening to this on Friday, September 1st. We have with us Sarah Medanek, and I'm really thrilled to have you here with us. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks so much for the uh, invitation to join. Yeah, we're, 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 we're thrilled to learn more about the organization and your role in it and all that good stuff. So with, without further ado, let's, uh, let's go. Tim, do you have anything? Hey, Sarah. Uh, good to meet you. Yeah, I'm just curious about the the kind of inception of the fund and how, you know, how it all kind of began. I, I watched um, some of the videos on your site and read quite a bit, but I'm curious about how it all really kind of the conversation started with, with Gord and then um, when you came along, if you don't mind touching on that. Yeah, for sure. So um, I've had the great pleasure and uh, uh, a uh, slightly intimidating responsibility of being with the Gord Downey and Chani Wenjack Fund from the very beginning, so before Gord passed. Um, it was, you know, it was a really unique sort of moment in time. Um, there was, of course, all of the momentum of the HIP's final tour and, you know, the very, uh, the very public um, shout out to Trudeau around um, reconciliation by Gord to do to do more as Canadians and how we could do better and of course that was coupled with the work being done by um, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and the release of the 94 calls to action and also the Secret Path Project which tells the story of Chani Wenjack and so Gord had done a series of concerts um, playing the Secret Path album with the Secret Path band. And for anyone who hasn't seen the Secret Path, um, you can uh, you can visit that material on an art website. It was, of course, became a series of poems, which became the album, which became the graphic novel, uh, which became the animated film. So there's uh, a lot of really incredible material to, to visit there. And so, there is sort of just a unique moment in time where there was a lot of momentum and a lot of, you know, people in Canada wondering what their role was in reconciliation and what they could do um, to contribute in a meaningful way. And so that's really the root of Downey Wenjack is, you know, there is all this momentum and there is all these folks wondering what to do next and our programs and the work we do is really based around that, the pillars of awareness, education and action. Um, and so we have two national programs. One is Legacy Schools. And so we are in 6,000 schools in every province and territory with over 7,000 educators. Um, and we provide them with free educational tools and resources to be better equipped to teach about the true history and legacy of residential schools and the true history of Indigenous people in Canada, but to also be able to incorporate strength-based learning 
um, and indigenous ways of knowing and being into core curriculars. Because, you know, there was sort of that, that sentiment, you know, well, we didn't learn about this in schools. There was still like back when we were getting started, I would say there was still a pretty big gap in people's general awareness and understanding around residential schools. And that's changed sure. a lot in the past five years. Um, but curriculum doesn't necessarily get reformed that quickly. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So we see, we still see the need. Um, and of course, we do lots of really cool stuff in the Legacy Schools program. We have the Artist Ambassador program, which brings Indigenous and non-Indigenous musicians, artists, role models um, into classrooms. And uh, the Youth Ambassador program, which is a four-week uh, leadership um, program that we run every summer. We had 105 youth go through it this summer, where they learn how to be champions for reconciliation within their schools and communities. Um, and, you know, we d do a lot of programming um, in which we bring Indigenous and non-Indigenous peoples together. We had a big music festival here in Toronto um, this spring called Siguan which featured incredible indigenous artists. And we always do a ton of programming um, for June for National Indigenous History Month and for Secret Path Week, which is coming up here right around the corner from October 17th till the 22nd. And of course, the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation on September 30th. Wow, that is a lot. Well, that's just one program. We also have a legacy space program. So when I talk about what we do at Downey Bunjack, I call it I call it the sandwich, which maybe I should find something a, 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 a bit Everybody more. likes sandwiches. What is wrong yeah. with a sandwich? Yeah. Maybe I should we, find we've something. had many food analogies on our show. <laughs> right. So it's, you know, through legacy schools, we educate the littles, the young people. Um, so, you know, the next generation of people in Canada understand the true history. But for, you know, those folks that are not in school, where do, where do you learn? And that's often through your workplace and professional development opportunities. So the legacy sure. space program um, really leverages the concept of indigenous placemaking to create physical space within, you know, an organization, a corporation, a community um, that is representative of the internal commitment to do the work to further reconciliation and you know from a corporate standpoint is that you know equity diversity and inclusion hiring and retention practices for indigenous employees you know reconciliation plans um procurement right working with indigenous businesses so i i always say you know we educate the littles and we try and educate the bigs and in the middle is all the you know, fun stuff that we get to do um, in terms of, you know, amplifying Indigenous voices. Like we're taking over almost every radio station in Canada again this year on A Day to Listen, which will be September 30th. Wow. Um, yeah, if you haven't um, checked it out, this will be our third year, which is very exciting. And uh, we do a series of interviews that amplify Indigenous voices um, each year. and. They're, they're really powerful, powerful stuff. So I'd, I'd encourage everyone to check it out. Do you have any kind of standout examples, I don't know, in the past, you know, summer or this year of 
working with specific businesses, small businesses or specific schools, just to kind of give our listeners like an example of like anything that really pulled on your heartstrings of seeing action in work. And just, you know, when you, when you do volunteer time, you, you spend so much time on your own. And then when you kind of finally get out in the field and away from the computer, you get to experience some things. I'm just curious if you can give us like some standout example of something that happened. Oh gosh. Put you, put sure you as many. Screws, Tim is. My, my, yeah. my questions are going to be super softball, so don't worry. <laughs> I, so I, I kind of I asked that no, because I'm joking, you know, I, was, I was watching the, the, the film last night, the graphic novel film, and you know, some of the interviewing at the end, um, I think it was with Pearl. You know, Pearl said, Chani's sister, right? She said, um, you know, we need schools in all of our communities, not just public schools, like outside our own communities we need schools within our own communities she said a, f- a few things that just just really made me you know kind of more realize what's what's been going on up there and even from the u.s you know we never had heard of any of this stuff so well and it still happens right like a lot yeah. like, you know a lot of youth have to leave their communities to go to high school still in their right. villages right so it i mean the model the experience that, you know, indigenous children experience for residential schools, you know, that model still exists, but it's perpetuated in different systems, right? Whether it's child welfare or justice or, you know, missing and murdered indigenous women and girls, you know, it's residential schools don't operate anymore technically but how are there still those systems of oppression right and i think that's something that you know we try and help to unpack and you know the content that we share because you know when you look at you know the social indicators of health for indigenous peoples compared to non-indigenous and the disparity is so great you need to dig a little deeper and ask why right Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, no, but no. to answer your question about heart-harming <laughs> examples. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's tough, I think, for me to answer that question because sure. literally every single day there's something that is just is just really beautiful. But maybe I'll just say it because I, I – uh, flew back from a uh, summer vacation. My family lives in Northern Alberta and, you know, taking the UP Express from Pearson Airport. And uh, we have a partnership with Union Station and uh, we have a legacy space there, but uh, they're featuring um, an installation by one of our artist ambassadors, Blake Angel Knib, And he, there's these incredible just panels um, in, it featured in Union till the end of October, and the art is so beautiful and so powerful. And there's actually a, a piece that he did of Gord um, in the series, and you know, just seeing um, tourists, you know, people not from Canada, but there's such high volume of traffic through Union Station, you know, interacting and learning, and literally like tens of thousands of impressions a day. And, you know, it seems like, okay, a great opportunity to feature an Indigenous artist, really beautiful works. But, you know, 
that experience can change hearts and minds. It can start that learning journey for people. And it's, it's a really beautiful thing to see, you know, having the opportunity to work, you know, with a partner like Union Station in a space like that. Um, because reconciliation isn't going to happen overnight. I, I always make the sort of joke that <coughs> it's slow pressure applied over time, right? Like we're talking about systemic change. So, you know, creating these learning opportunities in our everyday existence. So it's not, it's not a question of, are we contributing to reconciliation in a meaningful way? It's right. just a part of our practice. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, I want. I, I feel like I should break up some of the things I was going to say to you and some of the things I wrote down because I feel like it's just going to be too much of a mouthful. And you'd be like, what was your question again? <laughs> um, but I – so I haven't had time to watch the, the film yet because these jokers know I've been traveling all weekend and I, I just – I'm going to probably watch it um, if I get a chance to download it on the plane. Um, when I'm on my way over to Toronto. Um, but uh, I've done, you know, a fair amount of research and understand. I watched the the ceremony where Gord was, um, I, I don't know how to properly say it, but invited into the community. Uh, given a traditional name. Yeah. Which, like, was a, you know, <laughs> whatever. It was like a super, super duper emotional to even watch it um and a friend of mine had sent it to me she's from um she's from canada as well and she would talk about her on the show a lot she's a huge hip fan sent it to me after the fact and i was like barb I've, I've watched it it's 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 just and one of the things sorry this is a side note this is not related about uh what i was going to ask you but one of the things i loved about um gord's response in that video or when he spoke afterward he didn't say much and um, I think he was very cognizant of the situation in that a lot of people would go up there and kind of pontificate and make comparisons and say, yeah, this is like this. And like, but he kind of got the fact that like, he's like, there's nothing I can say. Like in a sense of like, like I can't even relate to, to, to some of the suffering, the things that have gone on. I'm just, you know, grateful to be, invited into this community and to be a part of it and to do whatever he can. Um, that was one of the cool things, side note. But um, uh, what I, what I, I guess what I was going to ask you was, was cause we've talked about it a lot on the pod. I don't know if you've ever, you're aware of at least the, the concept of this podcast and like how it came yeah, about. Or like, I, I was creeping you guys this morning. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. All right. So I got to listen like, to a couple of um, I got to listen to a couple. Well, because of JD, like, yeah, this is about the tragically hit, but like, you know, take the snowball effect over time. Like I had no idea. I mean, honestly, I had heard mutterings on political podcasts and things that I listened to about reconciliation in Canada. But other than that, it's like a, of the surface of what your average American would even know. It's like you hear something in passing at a coffee shop and that's it. Other than that, I would have never known about the Downey Winjack Fund and all this, the story of Channy Winjack. Nothing. Um, but like what would – I don't know because I feel like Gord, especially when he called out Trudeau 
at the concert. Like it, he looked right dead at him. And I thought that was such, it took some guts, man. And, um, you, you know, the call to action, which I love the education aspect of it, but I feel like that call to action is such an important factor when it comes to the work that you guys do. And like, you know, I guess my question is like, is, do you think, is there anything that you would think if like there's Americans listening to this right now, we can do other than just talk to people and be like, Hey, do you know this story about this kid? Do you know? And like share it because we learned about it by listening to the tragically hip. That's the only other, there's no other reason we would have, we would have figured this out. And I mean, the experience of native Americans, uh, is mirrored closely to that of, you know, indigenous people in Canada too, right? I I would say, yeah, I, I find that in our work. So we have some, some of our legacy space partners, you know, have offices in the U.S. and, you know, our, our uh, you know, North American companies, I guess. And, you know, what's been expressed to us is, just like how far behind work around um, reconciliation and even just any awareness at all of like the true history of indigenous or native American people um, in Canada and the US. And I think, you know, there's really important work being done um, in the US too that uh, I think will, will come to the forefront it just, it takes time, right? Like it's, it's a, it's, you know, and it's by design in terms of, of how that, how that's been set up. So, that's right. Yeah. But, you know, as indigenous people, you know, as we become lawyers and doctors and politicians and, you know, um, learn how to fight for, you know, rights and um, restitution, these, these, Things come up, right? Freezing rain and ice pellets walking home. I'm covered in it walking home along the tracks, secret path. You say secret path. Pablo doesn't do what they said it do. It's just a jacket. It's a windbreaker. It's not a G. They call it a windbreaker.
walking home along the tracks secret path he said secret path I am so to the skin there's never been a colder rain than this one I'm I really like, you know, you're talking about the call to action a minute ago, Pete, and I, and I like the messaging around your current call to action, Sarah, the, the do something, the do something hashtag is like, I've, I've used that in an email just that I sent out today, you know, reminding people of this event, that that's one way you can do something, you can come to our event, or you can donate directly to Downey Wenchak Fund, you know, through through a link that we have um what was the genesis of 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 that you know sort of campaign and an idea uh because it sounds so it's it's very bold it's very like do something can be very can be very bold i think and um i'm I feel just like interested it's, a, it's in learning. aggressive it's sort of aggressive which is maybe it's not by design but it's good i like it yeah yeah it's yeah it's almost aggressive well, it's, I think there was sort of this uh, feeling of like, well, you know, that happened a long time ago and, you know, I was, I, I was not responsible for the creation of residential schools. So like, what is, what is my role or responsibility? And to that, I would argue if, you know, if you live in Canada, um, if you are part of this society, then yeah, you, you have something that you can do. And, you know, that social contract of what we all agree to live here together, that's part of it. And, you know, whether it's just learning so that you're a little less racist, a little less ignorant, um, it's not 
a bad thing. It's not harmful to you and it only creates a more just and equitable and safe society for indigenous peoples in this country. So, you know, the do something was A, don't be immobilized by this sort of deferral of responsibility. Don't feel like you don't have a role to play or something to contribute. And seriously, do something because those small actions, we call them reconciliation actions or meaningful acts that drive. That's a cool, cool word, man. <laughs> reconciliation. Yeah. And it's, you know, it makes a difference, right? Even if it's just, you know, talking to your kids and finding out what they're learning in schools or, you know, going, looking at what's happening in the company that you work for or, you know, maybe just one of your buddies is makes a slightly offside joke and you're like dude that's not okay right it's it's you know taking that step to you know lean into the discomfort and just do something that creates meaningful and positive change yeah that's beautiful and it's an excellent hashtag it is an excellent <laughs> hashtag yeah that's good. I'm I'm finding kind of a lot of what you're talking about being um, executed the smartest way by younger people. You know, my son is basically studying sociology and social issues in university right now, and he schools us all all the time. You know, it's just he he born and raised in Portland, Oregon, probably the most progressive city in the U.S. Really, and um, it's just so reassuring to hear things from him you know he, he had no idea about the indigenous you know struggles in Canada but it wasn't necessarily news to him you know he was kind of half expecting what I was talking about as I was talking about it and um, it's just so good to to share these ideas and share these issues especially with the younger folks because they're the ones who have to continue living it like you said like all of these things become pandemic across all these other issues, you know, even, even though the system may have ended, it's still alive. So it's so good to tap into the younger folks with all this stuff. It's just really, I've done all my learning through my, uh, my oldest daughter. She's 13. So, you know, I'm one of those people, Sarah, who was like, my eyes were widened and it was like, we didn't learn this in school, Riley. Like, we didn't like you're talking to me so matter of fact right now. And I'm so happy to hear you talking matter of fact, but it's like, I didn't know any of this, you know? Um, Sarah, I wanted to ask you something too. And this is more, and I don't know if this is like a opinion of like Donnie Wenjek or your opinion, or feel free to like, be like, this is, Sarah speaking and not Tony Wenjik speaking or whatever, however, but I feel like because you mentioned earlier about the, the kind of this, the same sort of dynamic in terms of the United States and um, indigenous uh, Native Americans in the United States and, and kind of that struggle. But um, in terms of the call to action, and I'm sorry if this sounds like a very complex question, but I'll try to be articulate. Um, I think when it, cause a lot of, a lot of, a lot of conversation that 
I see and occurs in the United States in terms of indigenous people, um, uh, minority and underrepresented groups in the United States. Uh, A lot of times there's the education of it. And um, I feel like the United States is, you know, for more, more or less um, good at educating people. And like that awareness is there. But in terms of like connecting the dots, there's not a really good way that we do it in the United States. And one of the things that always comes to mind when this, when I think about this issue is, um, is a speech that Martin Luther King gave at, at the Riverside church one year to the day before he died. Right. And you know who Martin Luther King is. You're not living under a rock, but I don't know how much you guys study him in your schools and like who he was and like what he was like really actually about, because, you know, they've got statues of him in Washington, DC now, but like, during the time where he was most powerful, people hated him, you know, and this particular speech at Riverside Church, um, he talked about the relationship between the imperialist power of the United States and the military and how that relationship directly affected the oppression of minority and indigenous groups and civil rights in the United States. He made that connection. Whereas I don't think people, meaning that like, okay, yeah, we can be all for it here, but when, when we're doing it in other countries, it's like, what's, how does that change? And, you know, as you know, Canada is very supportive of the United States and many of its, you know, overseas conquests, so to speak, as we say here in Spain. Um, so I guess what I, I guess the question I'm asking is like, do you even personally, and again, you don't have to speak from Downey Winjack um, perspective, but like, do you, because that's something I talk about with people. Do you guys have that connection? Do you guys see that? Is that something that's that you hear whispers of within this conversation? Because I think it's important. I feel like it's important. I feel like it's it's val- there's value in drawing that connection between oppression and and past crimes of a country and what country what the country's doing at the moment and it helps speed along that process of like the call to action as we said i don't know does that make any remote sense of what i'm trying to say to you yeah well i would say i would say yes and i could say that as sarah or as downy one jack i think you know cool. i think that connection is really what allows an organization like the gord downy and chani one jack fund to exist Right. If you think about, you know, what is what is the true role of 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 rock stars? Right. Typically, like like political activists. Right. Or, you know, poets. And but they've always always pushed. Right. You think of all the all the greats. There are there's a social commentary there that's, you know, reflecting on the choices we make and how we live. And um, sometimes they they explicitly call out the prime minister, right? You know, and I think, you know, there's been so much work done um, by incredible indigenous leaders to ensure that, you know, this didn't stay hidden, like the injustices inflicted upon indigenous peoples in this country, um, you know, came to the forefront of, you know, the general understanding of our history in this country and our identity as Canadians. 
and and what that means and how do you work through it and what does that mean really from you know a policy perspective and i honestly you know i've seen so much change in the last five years even you know where people actually want to know what um the platforms are of politicians with regards to indigenous relations and reconciliation whereas you know i would say 10 years ago you wouldn't even be able to find anything on you know their web pages or whatever around that and right. you know that speaks to how far we've we've come but there's still a long ways to go right and it's it's just you know continuing to look at the systems themselves and saying does this still serve us does this still make the most sense and how how can we continue to evolve and grow um, as as we evolve and grow as humans and societies right and you know it, it's important for us to be intentional and reflective and and sometimes critical right we've you know i i my my um sister and my niece came to visit and uh we were talking about like you know the the show friends and how like it has not held up to like the test of time like it's extremely homophobic and it's you know like you see a show like Seinfeld and those jokes are still they're still funny right but you know some of the that content that you know the big hit show and you're just like this is so cringy I can't even like watch this stuff anymore right and well, I sitcoms think, are the lowest common denominator <laughs> right? at the end of the day when it comes to comedy. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. But I think, you know, to wrap it all up, I think those connections are pretty prominent um, in Canada. But I think that's also a byproduct of the fact that Indigenous peoples have rights and, <laughs> and are, uh, you know, title holder to um, treaties and also land right and you know getting land back um after being displaced or you know having the um the the terms of the treaties not honored right and you know as we become more sophisticated and get become fancy lawyers you know these things work their way through the justice system and you see indigenous peoples and communities winning winning those cases and so it kind of also comes to the point of like we have to care about this right yeah you i mean you you summed it up and i think the 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 thing that i that i like about like you guys you said sometimes even being critical which is really cool because a lot of i feel like not a, i wouldn't even say a lot but i i sometimes there are examples of organizations that it's weird, like, you know, they, they, they get a win or they get a big win. And then after that, it's kind of like, yeah, we got a win. Win for the day. Like, let's, let's pack it up, go home for, let's take a vacation or something. No, no. And, and when you talked about, like, uh, having the indigenous and non-indigenous uh, events, like, that's the, that's, the, that's the, again, the call to action. Because what you're doing is you're bringing people together. You know, when you hear people's stories, um, everybody can relate. 
You know, it's easy to say you're so different than me because you're this, you're that, you speak this language, you're born here, your skin color is that, whatever. But like everybody's the same, dude. We all cry coming out of our mama. We all poop when we're kids and we all cry the day, the moment before we die. You know, everybody's the same. Everybody wants the same. And I feel like when you have those and you make those connections uh, with people through those events is really important. When you create cross-cultural understanding, it's really hard to other each other, right? Totally. Because there's an appreciation and a respect and an understanding for the strength and beauty and resilience of indigenous peoples and cultures, right? So, yeah, it's... You, rec you recognize the human being in front of you and you're like, yes. oh, we're literally the same thing. Yeah. Why are we, why are we... Yeah, dude, that's... That's cool. Was there anything else that you want to add, um, Sarah, about uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day or the Secret Path Week? Um, oh, yeah. I, well, I guess sort of the thing I always say is if you don't know where to start on your own reconciliation journey or, you know, you haven't really engaged in the conversation, that I'll always say that's okay. Just, um, you can always do something, right? And Downey Munjack makes that pretty easy um, for people to have a place to start. You know, we have the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation coming up on September 30th. So we have a bunch of different um, webinars and learning opportunities that we're doing ourselves. Um, you know, whether it's like for parents about teaching your kids about residential schools, um, we have one of our team members at Downey Manjack, his whole family is talking um, about intergenerational uh, resilience and sharing stories from families of residential school survivors. So, you know, we have a whole bunch of different opportunities to learn and engage. And um, so I just really encourage everyone to follow us on socials if you don't know where to start. and. You know, when you're doom scrolling, you'll see some content in between, you know, the recipe for next week and some push notifications for waterproof shoes. And maybe that that one that one post will be the one to inspire you to to join us in this path towards reconciliation. That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's uh, it's it's really nice to get a better understanding of both the Downey Wen Jack Fund and you know and your story to hear your story. Um, we're we're grateful that you made some time to join us today. So thank you very much. Well, and thank you for um, supporting our work at the Downey Wen Jack Fund through through the event. I think it's happening tonight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and thank you, thank you for everyone who's. Uh, who's listening and coming out. We really appreciate the support.
here, here, and here. I heard here. Yeah.